The following episode contains immature and offensive language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, where I, Megan, sit down with a couple of our amazing ladies to dig up the dirt on the undead in Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. For this episode, I've resurrected Casey and Mieka, so we can sink our teeth into this episode called Reanimated Body Parts, Staying Limber, and Getting Ahead. This episode on the It's Mimic channel focuses on what to do when your undead campaign is falling to pieces. We've previously covered all sorts of zombie limbs in episode 2 of this series, and the boys talked about crawling claws during their mob mentality episodes on zombie hordes. But now, let's hop into a discussion on stomping feet, the living blood of of dead gods. (laughs) (laughs) What? What are we talking about? I don't even know what we're talking about. into a discussion on stomping feet, the living blood of dead gods, ever-conscious removed brains, headless horsemen, and squirming sacks of animated skin. Yikes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just love your energy. What are you talking about? What? <laughs> We're doing what today? That was a lot, okay? I woke up for this? But before <laughs> Okay. But before we break off another piece of disgusting body horror, I want to ask, what severed human body part would you be the most upset to find under your pillow? This is a movie reference, isn't it? Is it is finding it? the horse head in your bed? Uh, maybe. I'm gonna Google that right now. <laughs> the, the internet is gonna hate me if I can't name this. Let me just find it. Hold on. I am disturbed. <clears throat> The Godfather. It's a Godfather reference. Oh, yeah, with the, um, the, yeah, yeah. the horse. Yeah. Oh, I literally just okay. Googled horse head horse. in bed and it comes up the horse head, the Godfather. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, it is a Godfather repre- like thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah. So, like, what body part? I don't know. Would like, I want to or not want they to? They would all be upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> I might got you breezed past my question of which body part we want or not want. <laughs> There are certain appendages I'm fine with being under my pillow. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> what appendages? <laughs> Do I have to spell it out for you? Isn't wouldn't that just be what a dildo is though? Like, <laughs> that's a severed body part, is it not? That gets animated. It's there. <laughs> and it does get animated. And sometimes it doesn't even need batteries. Sometimes you can. Get on our level, man! Alright, here I go. Sometimes you can just tie it tie it up to things and alright. That's why you you got the suction cup one. Yeah. Strap it to something? Is that what you were getting? Yeah. Someone something or someone, you know? Like it's really my god. Limit is really your own creativity at this point. (laughs) But for real. (laughs) Um I would say, like, a human head. Like, if I pull back the sheets and see a dead human, like... Especially somebody you know. Yeah. I feel like that would just be yeah. extra traumatizing. Oh, yeah. The head is very, like, 
specific mm. in terms of like like there's the eyes, there's the yeah. the, way, the way the mouth is gonna be. That's mm. more horrific than a, like a severed hand or foot. Or yeah, something. it's like the staring at you aspect. Yes, I think would be the thing it's- that. But then again, I really don't want... I also don't want a weird appendage like a foot or something. Be- yeah. Because I'm just like, why a foot would be the question yeah. that would come to my head. I'm like, do you think that I just don't like feet that much? That that's what you give me is someone's foot? Like, And then I'd be like, whose foot is this? And I'd be like, I'd rather have the head so I know who it belonged to. Right. Like, Unless there's like a defining tattoo on this said person's appendage. I'd be like, I don't know why yeah. you gave this to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Ooh, I have a very defining ankle tattoo that, like, <laughs> should, should I be cut from the ankle down, you would know it's my foot. But otherwise, it would just be a foot. And I'd be like, this is gross. And that's as far as my, it would go. Yeah, yeah. so less upsetting than, than others, maybe. Than a human head that I know who it is. Yeah. Or, you know, it would be more upsetting if it was a head of somebody I didn't know who they were. <laughs> I'd be like, did you get the wrong bed? Is this the wrong pillow? Like, who are we, who are we threatening here? Who is this? Who, who put Santa's head in my bed? Was this a gift? Or was this an omen? You know what I mean? I'm at that point in my life of darkness where I'm like, is would this be a gift or would this be an omen? I don't know. <laughs> my cat bringing me something that it thinks that I like yeah. or like is this or are you trying to threaten yeah. me in some way right. I don't know at this point so there's now tears of upset based on the specific body part as well like yeah. <laughs> you know the head <laughs> you don't know the head whether I know the foot or don't know the foot you know like it's you know, whose toes are these freaked you know? out either way <laughs> what does this mean <laughs> Oh, my Atlanta. We're really wow. good at this. Sorry, internet. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long-winded way of saying we're talking about body parts today. Yeah. But how do we start? Where are we starting? All right. We're going to start with Sleepy Hollow. Oh, that's fun. So, here we go. Sleepy Hollow. So, Sleepy Hollow is a town where strange and supernatural things happen. Um, one of those things, one of those supernatural things, is the Headless Horseman. Um, in this town, we're introduced to um, the new school teacher, whose name is Ichabod Crane. He's a bit of a manipulator. That's what I got from my research. <laughs> um, he's, like, very helpful to all the women, but he's going to get something out of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Narcissistic as fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, they really like him because, you know, he gossips a bunch, and they're like, oh, okay, so he fits right into our little, like, women's circle. You know how it was back then. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very superstitious, which is... Um, something to keep in mind um he wants to marry the wealthy farmer's daughter um katrina von tassel i think i'm von tassel yes i'm just saying it weirdly just to (laughs) make it sound normal when you say it (laughs) and um brom brom von brunt who is the local hero likes katrina too so we got this like little love triangle going on ish Mm. Um, Uh, yeah so Ichabod and Brom they have like a bit of a back and forth at this harvest party so Ichabod gets too freaked out by Brom's stories of the supernatural that he doesn't get to ask Katrina for her hand in marriage at this party he just like takes off okay so on his way home (laughs) fuck that he says so on his way home Ichabod is riding past like these haunted spots in Sleepy Hollow and then he encounters the headless horseman so the headless horseman chases him down Gets close enough, and from what I read, he gets close enough just to throw his severed head at Ichabod. <laughs> Ichabod yeah, man. falls. Um, I'm gonna yeet my skull at yeah. you. Yeah. 
Some people believe it was Brom who was like just dressed up as the headless horseman, but others believe it was like that supernatural being um, himself. Uh, honestly, for me, I believe it was the headless horseman, and Ichabod got what he deserved. Megan's <laughs> 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 like, I'm not taking your shit. Yeah, fuck yeah. this. Fuck this guy in particular. Oh yeah. And so this leads into the um, Dulahan. Um, mm. He is a headless undead warrior. Uh, villains, they are villains who are the result of vengeance that consume them. Um, they haunt areas where they were murdered, um, and they basically, their one job is to kill innocent souls. Um, they're searching for their severed head or trying to seek revenge. One thing about them, they're very territorial. So they believe the territory, the territory that they take on is their battleground. And if you enter their battleground, that's it. They're going to like... They're going to come at you. Who yeah. dares disturb the ground <laughs> in which I stand? There you go. Yeah. Um, this goes into the stories of like the haunted roads and river crossings. And you can find all this information in Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft on page 233. So for those that follow these headless horsemen in life, they usually join them in death. So these are known as like the lesser undead. So mainly skeletons or whites and like their terrifying mouths. Um, they're medium undead with no alignment listed. Of course, being undead means it doesn't need food or drink or sleep or even air. Its AC is pretty standard for a challenge rating of 10. 18d8 plus 54 hit points. So, for me, I think that's like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, Healthy aver- pool. Yeah. 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 Um, average speed of 30, but it should honestly be on a skeletal horse or nightmare or something because it just needs to have a mount. Um, it's, it's just too classic. Um, yeah. <laughs> strength is good at an 18 and the lowest is, is intelligence at 11. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have any bad stats. Yeah. That's all plus. Hey? Yeah. yeah Above average. average. Yeah. We get uh, each other. Picking <laughs> <laughs> up what you're putting down there, Casey. Love that. Sorry, Cassie. Um, Sorry, Casey. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, oh my God, Megan. I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to pull up as much trauma as I can. <laughs> it's the cognac. <laughs> what have we done? Oh, man. Um, I don't know where I left off. Right? Yep, we were, ta- yeah, yeah, we we're talking about a straight, average stats. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Higher than average. Higher, above, better, average. above average. Better, above average, shall we say, appendage-wise. <laughs> Go on. Yes. Oh, that's what we like. <laughs> yes. Are we still talking about Are we? Are what, we? What are we talking about right now? Yeah. Feet. Sorry, Mika. Sorry, Mika. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right along with y'all. You want to take it to that type of podcast? Let's go. You know what? I think that we could do that and make millions. Yeah. Adam, write this down. Yeah. There you go. Um, Okay. It has a boost to its constitution save and all perception perception checks. Uh, It's resistant to cold, lightning, and poison damage. It's immune to being charmed, frightened, and poisoned. And it has two legendary resistances each day, which means it can just choose to succeed on two saving throws every day. Yeah. Which I'm like... <laughs> As a DM, I love when the word legendary comes up and mm-hmm. legendary resistance is like, oh yeah, I'm like it's going to use its legendary resistance to, and it's like, the, the well, players yeah. are like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, let me use up all your resources. Right. <laughs> uh, love that. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, these are beefy. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It has true sight out to 120 feet, which means it doesn't care about your illusions or invisibility 
It can see the true nature of shape changers and both normal and magical darkness are ignored. Oh, I love Wasn't that. I, but I love that as like a DM when you have yeah. one of these things that has true sight and you have someone in your party who is hiding who they are mm-hmm. or has a disguise on and then you as the, like, the evil person like today's the day. Oh, yeah. yeah. And be like, oh, look at this fucking sweet weird up. wizard that you're walking around with. And you're like, wait, what? And it's like, ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been me the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, and usually casting something like like darkness to fuck things around is uh, like a bigger ability for the spellcaster. It's like I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna make this easier on us. Let's put them in darkness, and yeah. this guy's mm-hmm. gonna like Just, laugh. Oh, darkness, yeah. darkness, hand wave, hand wave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, good try, but um, Adullahan. Am I saying that? That is how we're saying Dula it today. Hand, thank you. Yeah, just roll with it. Yeah. yeah. Adulan also knows that languages it knew when it was alive, but it doesn't have a mouth, so it can't speak. That's interesting. That's sad. Yeah. Um, now on to the good stuff of what it can do. Um, it can use its action to make two attacks. It doesn't say whether or not you have to use different attacks, so it's up to you as a DM. Um, the first kind of attack is a battle axe that does a decent amount of slashing damage and even more necrotic damage. If the Dillahan rolls a natural 20 on an attack, then the target has to successfully roll a a DC 15 constitution save or the target gets its head chopped off and dies immediately. Immediately. (laughs) Immediately. There are also rules about what happens if the Dolahan's target doesn't need to doesn't need a head to live. When would that ever happen? <laughs> exactly. Wow. I think that's a first. I don't mm-hmm. think we've ever come across that critical of a like if this happens, your head is chopped off and you are dead. There's nothing no coming back from that. No. Wow. Um, Harsh. Uh, the other attack is kind of boring mechanically. It manifests and throws a fiery skull that can travel up to 120 feet and hit someone for 2d10 plus 3 fire damage. If I was a DM player, I would use that so much. Just <laughs> 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 of skull fire. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sorry, is there a That's limit to fine. how much they can do that? Um, no. No? It's just, it's one of their attack actions. Yeah. And they get multi-attack. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, okay. Right. So they just they just have a, a bag of skulls. Look at my look at my skull bag. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Great it. It also has legendary actions, which means it has three actions to spend at the end of someone else's turn. The charges re-up at the beginning of each turn of the Dolan. It it can use one action to simply attack, two actions to pop off Frightful Presence at a DC 15, or three actions to pop off a legendary action called Headhunt. Headhunt lets the Dolahan move up to its speed, um, move up to its speed without taking opportunity attacks and attack with the battle axe with advantage. If Headhunt hits, but it's not a critical hit, it does an extra 6d8 necrotic damage. The fuck? Yeah. Wow. The CR is becoming more clear to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. This is rough. Yeah. Like, this guy is, or this being, they're pretty, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is where it gets nuts. <laughs> now it We're gets nuts? <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
It, has it can behead <laughs> one of the PCs, uh-huh. and that's not it. Nope, okay. not it. Great. All right, well, keep going. It has an ability called Headless Summoning that it only uses after a short or long rest. When a trait or ability is this rare, you know it's probably the biggest, best thing about the creature. This also means that this is probably the thing you should showcase as a DM, so let's get into it. If the Dillahan is knocked down to zero or fewer hit points, it doesn't die the first time. The first time? Yeah. Okay. It Fair just enough. gets up much angrier with suddenly, ready, 97 hit points <laughs> and three de- death heads, all with different abilities. So you kill this thing, it gets up, it's even angrier, has even more hit points, and then they bring up these death heads that are just ready to... This really does have like Megan energy. Yeah, it's just like it's like I'm just I'm, you like you kill me and I said I'm like oh, okay. <laughs> well, fuck you. Yeah. Here we go. Now I'm really fucking you. You want it? You want it? You want you want to get cursed? This is how you get cursed. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I want to use this so bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so devastating. Yes. So what? So what's what's its, what are its new head things? What's what? What do we get? So um, so if that wasn't enough, it has two mythic actions that kick in after it drops to zero hit points, and these count as even more legendary actions once this headless summoning nonsense is unlocked. <laughs> so <laughs> summoning nonsense. That's real me aching wow. <laughs> energy right there. <laughs> fucking nonsense. Just nonsense. Yeah. Um, The first mythic action takes only one legendary action and is called coordinated assault. That means that it can make a battle axe attack and one death hit and one death's head that the Dullahan can see within 30 feet gets to use its reaction to attack. The second mythic action costs two legendary actions. It's called Headless Whale, and it makes a horrible shriek erupt from the next stump of the Dullahan. Ooh. Each, each, creature, <laughs> each creature within 10 feet has to succeed on a DC 15 wisdom save or take 3d10 psychic damage. Even if you succeed, you take half damage. And if that wasn't enough, if more than one creature fa- fails to the save, the dull hand gets 10 temporary hit points. Wow. It yeah. just is the gift that keeps on giving. Yep. Wow. Wow. I would love to use this on a showdown. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is so many things that many players would have never seen before. Yes. And, absolutely. Like, so much fun. They would just think like classic undead, classic skeleton. This might be a race. This might be a whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like, especially we're not like mounted to give out the headless horseman nonsense right away. Yeah. Like, I feel like this one could be a lot of fun. Oh. Yeah. So let's get into the death head. So these are flying heads that, that are dead. Um, this can either be a person or an animal and tends to swoop down and tears victims apart. Um, if there is a Medusa death head, it can still hold on a bit of its power and petrify the victims. And you can find all this information in Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft on page 232. Can you imagine a flying Medusa head? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love Again. that. I would use that. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Like, could you imagine? <laughs> like, as a player, I would. I really hope not. But that is so mm-hmm. cool. This is that vindictive <laughs> shit, though, that a demon with like a demon, like a DM. Well, demon. It's a demonia. Like that, a DM would throw at your party, thinking that, like, okay, well, this is this is the DM having fun. You will die. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. you know. Yeah. 
Oh. Like, if you if you wanted to really fuck around and use lots of this stuff and your, say your campaign was just, it was going to take a couple years to get to the campaign CR level. Mm-hmm. Like, if you did a higher level one shot, yeah. this would be so much fun. Because they'd be like, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. And to the death, like, you would kill off some of the players, and maybe, maybe they would make it, but yeah, maybe it's true. not. Yeah. Is there more to these head things? Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. Casey's there like, is. there is, Megan. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah, there is. <laughs> uh, Fair I'm enough. I'm so excited. <laughs> So, and we picked we picked heads as like yeah. the most upsetting thing. It was timely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I swear I prepped for this. It's just this is so exciting. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, we prepped for this two <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> so much new information. Go on, me. Yeah, no, you're good. Pop <laughs> off my leash. So tiny undead is the size of a head, of course. Um, undead means that it has unusual unusual nature, like most others. So it doesn't need food, water, or air, or sleep. Yeah. Um, it has an AC of sixteen, but only five D four plus five hit points. Um, crazy thing is though that it can only move by flying, and it flies as fast as the average person walks. So yeah, so, so thirty feet. Yeah. 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 Um, it's resistant to necrotic damage, and its stats are really not good with only wisdom, constitution, and dexterity. Having double digits and nothing is above a 14. Hmm. Um, it says right in the book that you can, or that you have to choose what kind of head it is, because the different heads have different attacks. None of them have multi-attack, though, which makes sense because they're such a low level. What they can do is merely bite. Ew. You know what that makes? <laughs> checks out. Absolutely, yeah. that checks out. Yeah. Um, each kind of head has a plus three to hit, five foot reach, and does pretty basic piercing damage from biting. Um, the first kind is a gnashing head that does a gnashing bite. This one is the most boring because all it does is add 2d6, two, 2D6 necrotic damage when it bites. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. The second kind does an extra 1d10 necrotic damage and makes the target do a DC 10 intelligence check, or it can't take reactions for a round. On top of that, um, it has a mind-bending bite um, that forces the stunned creature to choose whether it can move, take an action, or take a bonus action. It can only do one during the next round. Um, the last head is the petrifying head, which I, I really like, um, with a petrifying bite. This one forces the target to make a DC 10 constitution save or get restrained and start to become stone. If the target fails to save again on their next turn, they are petrified for 10 minutes. I like it. It kind of, this monster lets you play with a few different types of con, uh, con saves. A few different kind of saves because normally it's pretty much always con save. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you've got a mix in there. So yep. if a player's not really paying attention, it's like, I need you to make an intelligence save. It's like, what? What's mm-hmm. happening? And then the next your, round. Your barbarian's like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, what intelligence? <laughs> what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. 
And if you happen to be playing a couple of these at the time, then the uh, like the next one might do a con save. So that could, that could be an interesting twist. Yeah, agreed. So. When you when you turn something to stone, or there's the risk of being turned to stone, I don't know. That is. That's horrible. Yeah. It's a scary thing. Like, you're not expecting that to just be, like, slowly... F- Ugh. But I'm going to use it. I would use it. <laughs> <laughs> I will... It's, it's horror. I will use it. Yes. <laughs> what did you say the CR was on this one? The death on the heads? Um, let me go back. The Dullahan was 10, and then the death head will be lower. Yeah. Will it be? Maybe I didn't... I just think they'll, they have a smaller pool of hit points and... I don't think They're I tiny. would do. That's all right. Yeah. Megan. <laughs> Hold on here. Because I'm curious, like, if you could beef up a battle by using both together mm-hmm. or, um, like, how that that might look. Because yeah. this could be easily blended. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it just has a bite, mending mm-hmm. bite, petrifying bite. Yeah. It's only, it's like, yeah, it's like uh, one half. Yeah, oh, so yeah. you could have CR 10. I'm quite mm. sure you said 10 for Dullahan. Mm, yeah. And then just boost that a tiny bit by however many death heads you want. Yeah. That's so cool. <clears throat> or you could just throw the death heads yeah. at a lower level. Campaign. Yeah, because what were their hit points again? Uh, For the death heads? Yeah. 2d6 necrotic damage when it bites? Yeah. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. Well, I know like, uh, how many hit points it has. Probably and like right its armor the- class. Uh, let me go back up. Oh, here we go. I'm sorry. It has an AC of 16. Yep. Yep. And then only 5d4 plus 5 hit points. Yeah. So an average of around 20 hit points. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's with all that and the fact that it, it technically can only bite, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And like, depending on what it is, it's bite gives you different effect, but they're quite easy to kill. So they only are one half. Yeah. Yeah. They do maybe have a slightly higher AC for something so small, but I guess it's because of the skull. Like, yeah, you're you're you're, you're mashing at an actual skull. skull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before we move on though, yeah. Dullahans are known for looking for their heads and the monster manual includes a D four table, so I'm gonna ask y'all to roll a D four. <gasps> oh and I'm gonna read I need to get to the book though. So, <laughs> sorry, let me give me the book. And now I understand why Adam said, Here Megan, here's this pile of dice for you to use for today's episode. Yes. Sorry, so we're gonna roll a D four? D four. Okay. I'll roll well, I'll roll okay. one here for us. <clears throat> I rolled a four. All right, you rolled a four. Yeah. So here's your Dullahan legend. Okay. Two Dullahans seek the same head, both believing they're the actual owner. <laughs> Wouldn't that be like funny to like? <laughs> oh my god! To like play out for the players though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Just having the fight at I love yeah having the fight at the table. Love mm. me a good fight at a table. <laughs> One. All right. A Dullahan pursues anyone who has one of the shards of its shattered skull. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. How fun. That's cool. That's really mm-hmm. neat. Adds a lot of flavor. So you yeah. just have this thing just following you, like, throughout, um, like, the entire session. Oof. I wouldn't like that. That's fun. <laughs> Very fun. All right. That's all I have on that. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Let's raise some dice and talk about these bitches. Oh, oh, fuck you, Megan. <laughs> you know what? You could knock me out of it, though. Yeah. No? Ooh. Oh. Oh. Make it. Okay, just to be no. clear, I... <gasps> double oh, sorry. Nat 20. Sorry, yeah. For the audience, <laughs> Casey and I rolled a double nat 20, so let's roll off, Mike. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. The audience roll. is like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> All right, roll I got a 17. Off. 
Wait, she doing 19, 19 but you got a 10. 10. Okay, so I'm going to go first. Mieka, you're second. Wait, no. Casey, you're second. Mieka, you're last. All right. Sucka. <laughs> All right, so keeping in mind both the Dullahan as well as Death Heads. The Death's Head? Death Heads? I don't know. One or the other. Death Head. Death Head. Death's Head. Death's Head. Death's Quest ideas. Um, so... Um, an idea that I kind of had in my head while I was listening to this was the idea of bringing back old and overused big bad evil guys. So, like, let's say you're running a campaign that's two or three campaigns in the future and you've killed a bunch of big, big bads. Bring back the head of that person. Ooh, yeah. So, like, it's a good, like, callback. Again, the fact that you're going to see someone's head in your bed, why not, like, make that with your... Like, this is a good way to kind of introduce that. Mm -hmm. Or give them, like, use the Dullahan as a... It's still your big, big bad, but... Or, like, if your group decapitated your big, big bad, make them the Dullahan that just is itching in the background and is now just doing the headless horseman thing. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would be a lot of fun. Again, it's just a resurrection. As soon as you said that you could do a Medusa head, I was like, that's pretty cool. So I'm like, why could you not just do that with like literally anything that you can be head in the game? Right. Right. So in my mind, if I was a DM and my group decapitated a big, big bad, or like even like an ally at some point, or even just like a a mook NPC, I'd be like, that head's coming back later on. Yeah. 100% that head's coming back. Yeah. <clears throat> That's cool. I like it. Yeah, what about you, Casey? Uh, the Death Heads are great to pull in. <laughs> I, I'm going on the Medusa thing, too, where, um, like, we have seen the campaigns, the storylines, where you do have a, you've, you've mm-hmm. sought out the Medusa, you have the cutoff head in mm-hmm. your sack. <laughs> your sa- and you know, your satchel. Yeah. <laughs> and imagine when, say, you come across a Dullahan mm-hmm. and they pull out a Medusa fr- head from a sack, and you're like, okay, like, we gotta do it. You gotta deal with that. It's like another level. But then it's actually a death's head. So there's just mm-hmm. that extra level. Like, it lets it go and it starts, like, floating across to attack. I think that's a really cool spin. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Yep. <laughs> what about you, Mika? Um, Quest, I don't know. I would. I would really, like, lean into the whole Sleepy Hollow thing. I would have the players, like, enter this, like, little town or village and things aren't quite right. Like, the people that live there are weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, maybe at some point they come across, like, a Dullahan and, um, and like, the Death's Head and, like, the Medusas. And it's, like, a big old show-off in town. Uh-huh. Like, I, would, I really like the fact of, like, I don't know, thinking of Barovia and um, how weird things are always going on. That's what I would kind of do. Yeah. Build on that. The fact that it's coming from Ravenloft, these things are going to be really fucked up in Mm -hmm. some way, shape, or form, right? And Sleepy Hollow gave me nightmares as a kid. Like, I can't remember the music. It was horrifying. Johnny Depp be damned. I was still scared. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but (sighs) Chef's Kiss, Mr. Depp. What Mm -hmm. a great, great film, eh? Yeah. So if you're doing something around Halloween or your your group is just looking for something dark. They Mm want to feel hurt Mm -hmm. and scared. You, this is amazing. I feel like you're so speaking I from agree. recent experience yeah. of being hurt and scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, could you imagine like a, an evil campaign with this though and flipping that and you now work for the Dullahan and you're trying oh, to find yeah. their head or like, and then do uh-huh. the Sleepy Hollow thing but in reverse mm-hmm. that you're actually seeking like the head so you can put them to rest. Like it's a Dullahan that's like, I, you know, I don't want to. I love that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. We'll flip it, reverse it, my guys. Mm-hmm. All right, body horror. Um, You're dealing with heads. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, 
And especially if you're doing a very specific head, I would I would describe it at like like length of what they look like. I'd provide pictures. I would provide art. Um, and again, they're undead creatures, so it's that gaunt feel, like their skin being really loose, like like it's the same kind of thing you would use for any kind of thing of like a an old lich or an old wizard or something like that. In my mind, I don't have to go Johnny Depp hot with this. I could I don't know I could undaddy this and be excited about the fact that it's really unattractive. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about you, Casey? Yeah, and we have covered that gaunt skeletal, like, rotting flesh, all of that, like, a number of times, and it's always horrific. Yeah. No matter how you spin it. But the Dullahan, you have to kind of spin it completely different. Mm -hmm. So you are void of that. It's kind of cool. You're still young and hot, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine, Casey, you can say it that way. Still young and hot. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you can have it as this, like, very strong and large body on the top of a like terrifying undead horse Mm -hmm. or nightmare and i don't know then you can focus on what is not there which Mm -hmm. might also be terrifying that's fair Mm -hmm. interesting Mm -hmm. what about you Mika? so for the doll hand yeah definitely um i feel like no body horror i feel like it's still giving buff handsome guy (laughs) okay just without the head we're gonna wow. keep. We're gonna. We can keep a daddy for you. That's oh, fine. Yeah, we're gonna have to keep a daddy for. That's me. okay. Um, for the death's head, I don't know. I find I kind of picture it just still being intact, but just like a bunch of blood, just like leading. The tendrils like, are yeah. dripping. Yeah, mm-hmm. some leaving a viscera trail behind it. Yeah, as it good word. Viscera. Viscera. Amazing. Um, role ta- role playing tips or any kind of exploration clues for these. Um, to your point, if these heads are floating around, like putting viscera everywhere, I feel like that'd be a, a good entrance. Otherwise, I feel like you are never going to come across one of these if you had not encountered undead already at this point. Yeah, I feel like this is your big bad evil guy at the end, especially the dull hand. Your big bad evil guy mm-hmm. at the end of the campaign. You've come across undead. You've come across. I don't know, mummies, other things that, like, other skeletons, other skeleton types, like, skeletal monsters, skeletal, like, animals. Like, you've come across them already. So this would not necessarily be a huge surprise to you. I think the role-playing part of it, though, would be difficult because they don't speak. hmm Yes. So that one's going to be a tough one, right? Um, yeah, I think that that would be the hardest place, especially as a DM, to try and role play how you have that communication between the two. Because, like, again, I feel like because it's your big, big bad, you're not going to pop off a long monologue, which no. I gave you guys last week. But, um, <laughs> it's kind of like, you're not going to get that big, long monologue. So you'd find either a different way to get that big, long monologue, whether it's out of, like, a servant or someone that works for or... Like, you know, like one of those pieces. And that's going to be the role playing part if you want to have that verbal communication between the two. Otherwise, it's going to be learning things through scrolls, learning things through books, learning things through talking to other people. But when you go fight this thing, you know, you're not going to talk to it. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. What about you, Casey? Yeah. And well, two things. Because Mieka, you talked about the the play of finding the village that's closest mm-hmm. to where it resides and how that would be a definite cue for it. Right. Um, the haunting um, terror that it might have basically doomed this nearby village of would be really cool. Uh, and you mentioned a lot of abilities with a battle axe. Um, mm-hmm. So that is actually, I think, what made, like, 
the Headless Horseman scary for me was because it didn't speak Mm -hmm. and it just, it rode this terrifying horse and hurled things. Yeah. (laughs) And so this one, I think you could really focus on how big the axe is and the slashing that the axe would do and that it might have like remnants of bone and viscera (laughs) viscera (laughs) on the axe Mm -hmm. as it's like coming towards you Mm -hmm. because that is seems to be it's it's kind of focused on how it attacks you for the dull head yeah i i'm kind of leaning more towards what you were saying megan um I would rely on, like, the NPCs of the town, like, kind of telling its story. Yeah. And leading up to, like, the big fight, like, you know, Mm -hmm. towards the end. Yeah. That's what I would do as far as role-playing is concerned. The players are learning about, like, the the legend or the dull hand itself and trying to figure out what's the best way to defeat it and then take it on. Yeah, it increases Mm -hmm. the exploration piece, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're not going to be able to talk to it. And, like, as soon as you learn that, you're like, okay, well, we need to learn more about this because we're not going to get our big bad evil guy monologue so please tell us what's going on right yeah um and a lot of the times you could probably as a dm utilize they killed the big bad bad they're done with it and then you learn the after fact and the aftermath of you may have killed a good person which is a <laughs> twist i love to give um all right last thing is combat i would say my favorite part for the combat with these is the fact that there is two stages clearly written for the dullahan there is the first stage, and then there is the second. Okay. Like, I am tired of your shit, and it gets back up like nonsense, right? Mm. Love me a good raised big bad evil guy in the middle of the battle. <laughs> yeah. So mm. I think that I would definitely, if I was a DM, I would make sure that in my battle I got to have that moment. Right. Yeah, completely agree. The the slight delay when it's like, well, how do you want to do it? Yep. He's yeah. dead. Yeah. And it's like, and the question, so would you like to stay in initiative? It's my, <laughs> my favorite question to ask. Are we dropping out of initiative or would you like yeah. to stay in initiative? When the DM asks if you want to stay in initiative, you stay in initiative. The attitude I would throw. <laughs> the dude. Or purpose would throw. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, amazing. Yeah, like, same. <laughs> Just like, you know, ooh, what if, like, I can just picture, like, Dave like saying, I'm going to loot the body. And then, like, he just goes over and the thing is still alive. It just gets back up. Yeah. It just yeah. reaches out and grabs onto his arm or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh. really playing into that second combat uh, situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, because you're not going to get any, like, gas or, like, like, heavy breathing or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it's just gonna get up and angry. So good. Love it. Cool. All right. What are we talking about next? Well, we can move on to the Necrichor. Yeah. I I like how I read it Necrichor, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I have been given the phonetics on this creature. Necrichor. Yeah, I hear you. Necrichor. 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 And I will say I have spelled it phonetically every time I've written it. I was going to say, I would have said it once and then never say it again. Oh my god. I'm trying. I'm trying. We're proud of you. Uh, All right, tell us about it. So we are still in Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft for this one. Um, The Necrichor is a medium undead creature formed from the last remaining ichor, we'll say like the bottom scrapings, the goop, 
of what's left of an evil god or lich who failed to come into existence. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so my mind right away went to Ferngully. You know, like the big bad evil guy. We talked about. That. We talk about Ferngully a lot. Yeah. I don't know why. Why is this movie relevant to us right it's now? It's just relatable <laughs> when we talk about the horrors. Yeah. Um, like when Hexus was not yet the giant monster, but just this creepy little like gooey thing that yeah. moved in and around the machines, mm-hmm. feeding off of them. Yeah, like that's what I get from what the neck record is. Okay. Um, it is intelligent and it is cunning. Its goal is to find a body. It targets the blood of any creature it can and controls it, convincing it to do its bidding, and then it leaves a shred of itself in that creature, in their blood. Um, then, in the future, it can regenerate from that shred if it needs to. It has regenerative regenerative properties. What? Inside somebody else? Yeah. Ah, interesting. So oh it leaves shreds of itself in whichever it can latch onto and control. Okay. So rejuvenation. There are only two scenarios listed where this thing does not reju- rejuvenate. Okay. Otherwise it does. One, if there's holy water poured on its remains, mm-hmm. it won't rejuvenate. And two, the hollow spell is used to contain the remains in a vessel. So I did look up what the hollow spell is just for interest's sake. Hollow. A- <laughs> <laughs> the hollow spell. <laughs> but pop off my leash. The Hallow Spell is a 5th level evocation spell that infuses a specific area with holy power. So we are wholeheartedly focusing on, like, a cleric or paladin being able to use... Exorcism shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the spell is a bit complex, but essentially keeps powerful creatures out of that area, can cause effects on others that enter the area, um, and so, it like, cleric sorcerers or warlocks could potentially also cast this spell uh very specific certain ones and it basically prevents anyone from letting it out and it will remain in place until dispelled Mm -hmm. if neither of those two things occur the necrichor will reform in 1d 10 days with all its hit points in the same place it died if that's not available, it can regenerate wherever it has a shred of itself. It is basically impossible to destroy, and time will not impact its power or strength, um, and it will always just continue to redeem a form in a body. That's its goal. So it's um, around forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Dragon Ball Z reference, this is Perfect Cell. Fair enough. Moving on. (laughs) Kate's like, yep, got you. Sure. (laughs) So, stats for this this goop thing. Um, Its AC is 12. Its HP is an average of 67. So, it's easy to hit. It won't actually take that much to kill it, but it doesn't die. (laughs) Um, It will never be destroyed, I guess. It has a speed of 20 feet and a climb speed of 20 feet. So, yes, imagine that creepy, like, like goopy thing climbing up the side of the wall. It's the blob. Get yeah. away. 
Um, it has spider climb. Gross. Mm. Like I said, though, this is an intelligent creature with unusual nature, which means it doesn't require air, food, drink, or sleep, but it's a goopy form, so its strength is below average, um, mm-hmm. but intelligence and con are highest at plus three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everything else is average or slightly above, um, so it's it it's not... Um, it, it's, it's not going to have a lot of, like, combat melee going for it. But yeah. it's... And you'll feel like you can kill it super easily, but it's not dead. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. dead. Yeah, and that's what I think it is its biggest deceiver. So we are looking at CR7 with, yeah. this, with this creature. It has damage resistances of acid and necrotic. Conditional immunities. Uh, there's lots. Blinded, charmed, deafened, exhaustion, frightened, grappled, paralyzed, poisoned, prone, and restrained. I love that you can't grapple a blob. No, you cannot, and you cannot make it prone. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, it has blind sight of 120 feet. Uh, it can speak any three languages and has telepathy of 120 feet. Let wow. me get into yeah. your brain mind. We are into the communication piece. All right, that's <laughs> now. pretty cool. Yep. Uh, it does have multi-attack. Um, <laughs> it uses... A melee weapon attack, that's a 10-foot reach of the pseudopod, so it just flings... Just flings itself hunk, at hunk you. Flings itself yeah. out. This only does, like, 1d6 plus 2 necrotic damage, but the target must succeed on a DC 14 con save or be paralyzed until the start of the Necrocore's next turn. Great. So that does a little bit more to Great. it. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has... Necrotic Bolt, which is a ranged spell attack, so it is skilled in Arcana. The range is 120 feet. It can only target one creature, but it does 2d8 plus 3 necrotic damage, and the target can't regain hit points until the start of the Necrocore's next turn. So they're pretty rough um, in general for the multi-attack. It also has an ability called Blood Puppeteering. Now, this is where it gets going. Interesting. Okay. So, this is a recharge ability that you need to use six for that. But the Necrocore can latch onto a target within 15 feet of it. If the target is already missing HP, it attaches itself for one minute. While attached, it only takes half damage, and the target it's latched to takes the other half. Nice. (laughs) It uses telepathy to control the target's movement, and it can attack and take dash as actions. Nice. So it basically just takes control of this and uses its hit points to keep going. Okay. The target can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns. But um, that is absolutely going to be a problem for your melee fighters and barbarians. Yeah. And sorry, was that five feet or within 15 feet? Within five feet. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Because you said 15 and I was like, that's fucking no, frightening. My apologies. Yes. It's only within five feet. So it's still Yeah. My next trip was when you're like your barbarians and your melee fighters. Like, okay, that sounds like a five foot yeah. thing. Okay. Phenomenal. <laughs> yes. And so the key is that the target is already missing HP. So it already hurt and mm-hmm. it just gets in there and penetrates its like blood into it. Gross. Yeah. You want curses? This is how you get curses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, yeah, pretty damaging may not seem as dangerous upon first inspection, <laughs> but it can do it can do some decent stuff and be pretty creepy and scary. Gross. Yeah. Love it. All right, so raise some dice to this sucker. All Literally, right. I guess. Oh, I'm rolling well today. You are. No okay, so 15, so I will go first again. Mieka, your second. Casey, you are third. All right. All right, quest ideas for these. So I, I, I love the idea that one of these is, like, you've attacked it, and it got attached to one of your friends, and now your goal is to try, because you don't have a cleric in the party, you don't have a fucking whatever to heal this thing. Uh-huh. Um, and now you're trying so hard to try and figure out how to get this thing out of your friend's body. Until, like, like before it rips you apart by regenerating inside of you. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it would be one of the things you came by it almost like at the beginning of your campaign by mistake. So as a DM, I would almost say, yes, you came by this thing by mistake. Um, it's now latched itself onto one of your friends. You're trying to get them healed before it gets, like, every, like, the big, big bad thing happens. But now at the beginning of the campaign, you know that this kind of things exist. It's almost like the first encounter with it is going to be a warning sign. So that later on down the road, when you encounter it as is in full, like, capacity, it is a lot more frightening. But at least you've been introduced to it, and you know how to thwart it. Right? Yep. Yeah. What about you was next? Mieka? Mieka. (laughs) Um, for a quest idea, probably similar to you, Megan. Um, I also, I also like... I'm thinking of maybe surprising the party with this thing. Like someone goes in to investigate something and it just like pops out and like now they're fighting it. And talks to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> seriously, the whole um, telepathy thing, that that freaks me out. So I would definitely use that to my advantage too. Yeah, hearing it in your head. Especially when it's attached to you, you can now hear it in your head. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I had two ideas around... Um, playing this in was which is a little bit different from the two of you um it could be your main quest where you need to find and contain this thing um Mm. and it could be a way to highlight maybe a backstory with one of your players that has the ability to do the spell yeah so like focus on the the hollow. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you're almost quested with like a, a group of clerics that are you're sent off to go and hunt yeah. these down, and yeah. that is what your what your job is for life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you need to preserve those spell slots for this, yeah. in case it doesn't work the first time around. Yeah. And there's a, a whole quest around that. Um, and also, maybe it's a little bit like what you said, Marika, um, where the party accidentally comes across mm-hmm. this. Um, and maybe accidentally does a dispel and releases it. And they don't even realize that oh, they did it. Puts the big bad evil guy out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So the op- the opposite of your first thing saying our job is to hunt this down. It yeah. is the, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. We've opened the jar. Yeah. yeah. And okay. they may not even realize in doing the dispel that that was what was being released. Maybe they were just looking for something else in the same tomb or the same area. Yeah. Um, cause this... It's very reasonable that it can remain somewhere for thousands of years and be essentially forgotten about. So no one even remembers that this is an actual creature that can, like, Mm -hmm. come, like, come out. Um, And so you don't even have knowledge that it's there. You might just be going down for something else and just do it accidentally. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. 
Um, for body horror with these ones, um, I think it's, it's a blob. It's gross. You can use schlepping noises the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like the idea of the body horror if it's latched itself on it. It's in the bloodstream of one of your companions. Mm-hmm. So they're just, like, struck with fever or, like, feeling things, like, moving within their skin. Like, I've never been yeah. someone who's pregnant, so I can't really speak to it, but the idea of having something moving inside of your system <laughs> uh, scares yeah. the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. So from a body horror standpoint, I think that's a really good thing to play on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mika? So, the way I picture it is, it's like this, like, like you said, icker and, like, just oily and, like, black, but, like, you can see the body of what it once was, because didn't you say it was, um... It was once, um... It could be, like, the efforts of a lich coming back, or a mm. god. It can be the remnants of an evil god yeah. as well. Mm. I'm thinking of, like, seeing some type of humanoid thing just, like, crawling. And, oh, like, uh, yeah. Uh, like, it's making every effort to mm. be human form. Yeah, yeah. but, like, like you see maybe, like, an arm coming up, but then it's, like, goes back into itself. Yeah. Yeah, the squidgy kind of movements leaving like a bloody slug type trail behind it Mm -hmm. and leaving just that ichor wherever it touches. So, like, whatever player has melee with it or it tries to attach in the party, they have this, like, black goop that... I will make it take them, like, days to get rid of. And maybe there's even a smell to it. Oh, yeah. There'd definitely be an odor of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe if some, if one of the players is successful to, like, get it off of them in, in the, in the combat, it still leaves, like, this horrifying, like, latch mark that it just, they just have for the rest of their days. Ugh. Ugh. Gross. Then for roleplay and exploration clues... Um, again, I feel like this is one of those things where it would be a myth or a legend that you've heard of that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's, like, a history to it, or you're in a certain area where it's been found, or it's happened to one of your friends before. It's kind of like a, yeah. the scary ghost story that you tell your kids to stay away from strangers. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's gonna be how you learn about it and hear about it. Um, but then when it comes to role-playing, again, the telepathy part, I think, yeah. would be the funnest part to play with. Having those conversations back and forth with your players in their mind. And this would be a good time to, like, pass notes at the table. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, right? Yeah. Like, and it's 120 feet. Yeah. So, like, way before you would even know you're close to it. The lure you in. Start. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? What about, yeah. What about you, Mika? Yeah. Like, like leaning in on that. Like, driving the players crazy. Like, it, since it's, like, 120 feet, you know, within the... What's the word? Telepathy? Yeah. <laughs> telepathy range? Yeah, yeah te- telepathy range. Yeah. Um, yeah, just playing around with your um, players, making them think they're crazy, making them think they're, like, hearing things. Yeah. Yeah. Before they get up on the thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally. That's what I would highlight, too. Um, they are very smart, so mm-hmm. they would absolutely try and communicate. They would maybe throw all three of the languages that they know into someone's mind to see what hits. If nothing hits, they move on. And then... To try and find the one that they can actually speak yeah, to. Yeah, and right? then they're like, oh, hello. Yeah, it's the random person who's giant in the <laughs> yeah, corner. They're exactly. Like, yes, yes. Yeah, so that would be cool. Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, and the last thing, combat. Um, I don't really want to fight one of these things. No. Again, again, it, like, when you first read about them, they look so easy to kill. Yeah. But if it attaches itself to one of people in your party, like, you're fucked. So it's the don't get close to it. Yeah. yeah. You know? 
But then, like again, when you when you had when you said fifteen feet, I'm like, oh my god, you're all going down. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> gonna die. And like, can it? Like, do we think that? Like, I don't remember if we cover this, but can it attach itself and like infiltrate multiple people, or can it only infiltrate um, one person? Let me check. I or one creature. It says targets a creature it can see. Okay. So I think it targets and latches, and if it latches, it's one minute. Like, you can't, I don't, like, there's nothing else that it will do but that. Okay. So it does that until you can get it off. Oh, and it does say specifically it can attach to only one creature at a time. Okay. There you go. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Well, still. <laughs> yeah. And don't get close to it. Don't touch it. Yeah, exactly. I think you would maybe hear stories about um like creatures going missing or acting weird, distracted because it has like latched and touched on a lot of people in wherever it, it is from. Yeah. And so then they and it tells them, Go find me a like a worthy body. Go find me this. Go find me that. So then suddenly these random like creatures are just doing its bidding. And like all it wants to do is spread evil blood. It will try to move up to you. It won't be staying back if you go into combat with it. It is going to slurp its way <laughs> to every creature that it can get to and try to control you. Yeah. So absolutely the long game, if a player gets targeted for the blood puppeteering, but ultimately you're able to kill it off and you walk away, you won may not do the holy water thing or know what you actually fought and it just regenerates later. Yeah. And if it decides to regenerate in the blood inside of that target, you might be just sleeping one day, like weeks or months later. (laughs) It's just one day. Yeah. Love it. Very cool. Very neato. (sighs) What's next? So many things today. Yeah. Yeah. So we are moving on to brain in a jar. Not to be mistaken <laughs> with man in a jar. Not to be mistaken with man in a jar. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Go on. Uh, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Uh, we are keeping with the theme of Van Richten's here. It mm-hmm. is a small undead brain that can speak without vocal cords. Hmm. And that is what it does. Okay. It is like the necrocor and it in its in that its only goal is to get back into a body. It is very convincing. It is <laughs> ageless, created from the dark mind of a mad scientist, alchemist, necromancer, all, all of the above. Yeah. Like you can spin it however you want. Um I've seen this mini, and I also don't think it does it justice, because yes, this is a small-sized creature, but the brain in the jar weighs 125 pounds. Holy fuck. Really? Yes. Not an easy thing to carry around. (laughs) I, so brain in the jar, in a jar, is found in other editions, um, but essentially doesn't change much, except <laughs> this is where it's like, hmm. yeah, it li- is listed as 25 pounds, which makes much more sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if this is a 5e typo in their book. Um, uh, okay. but you could, you could play it however you want. Okay. Um, all right. So stats, it has AC of 11. 
in natural armor in a jar. Like, it has nothing else going for it. Uh, the HP average is 55. It has a speed of zero, but it has a fly speed of 10 feet because the jar it's in can hover. So it can move. It has well below average and well above average stats. Strength and dex are minus five and minus four, respectively, but con is plus four and intelligence and charisma are plus two. So it is going to talk to you, try to convince you of things. It is going to try and avoid combat. Mm. It has advantages on saving throws against spells and magical effects, and it has unusual nature, which we've talked about. It doesn't need all of the things to live. It's, it's, it is undead. Mm-hmm. It is immune to poison damage and has um, conditional immunities, exhaustion, paralyzed, poisoned, and prone. It has blind sight of 120 feet, and it has something called detect sentience. It can sense intelligent beings up to 300 feet away, and intelligent beings is deemed as intelligence of plus three or higher. Um, The only time it can't is if the creature is using a mind blank spell, which protects it. But generally, it can detect those creatures, and that is what it's interested in, because it wants to talk, it wants to negotiate, it wants to control it knows all of the languages it knew in life, and this is a CR3. So okay. in terms of actions that it has, it has psionic spellcasting. Um, it does spellcasting in its mind. <laughs> uh, it requires no components, and it uses its intelligence modifier, which is one of its higher stats. So at will, it has Mage Hand and Zone of Truth. So it can actually act like operate as a regular thing with Mage Hand. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, Mage Hands can't do everything in the world. Yeah. Like, it's only like, what, what like 15 yeah, like, pounds or something like that? But like, that's still pretty badass. Yeah. yeah. Like, it can move through a house or move itself along. So it can the Mage Hand open the doors. and. But the know. Mage Hand couldn't lift the jar, though, is the no. hard part. Mm, yeah. But like, yeah. Um, it has, so three times per day each, it can do charm person and hold person. Once per day each, compulsion, hold monster, sleep, and Tasha's hideous laughter. So there's a trend here. Like, it, it is not combative. It is mind control manipulation. Mm. That is what it does. It does have the chill touch cantrip, which is 120 foot range and targets one creature. It does 3d8 necrotic damage and the target can't regain hit points until the start of the brain's next turn. Um, that's like lots of the undead creatures that we talk about can do type things like that. And unless you have played in a campaign where that happens, you don't realize how devastating that is. Especially, like, halfway through a big combat, Mm. when you are relying... you are relying on these the clerics or the healers to pop you back up. Yeah. And you get hit with one of these and it's like, no man, you're not. You're stuck. You are what you are. Yeah. Um and finally it has something called Mind Blast. So this has a recharge of five to six. It's a 60-foot cone. Each creature in that cone must succeed on a DC 14 intelligence save or take 3d8 plus 4 psychic damage and be stunned for one minute. Oof. The stunned um, 
targets can repeat the save at the end of each of its turn. So Ugh, at the end of each of its turn is like the hardest part for me. Yeah. <laughs> As a player, that fucking sucks. Yes. Yeah. And so again, this isn't to then come in and kill you. This is fuck all of you and mm-hmm. like like stun you, stop you from attacking it, and it's going to get out. Yeah. In my opinion. I love it. So that's brain in a jar. Alright. Yeah. Let's raise some dice. Alright. Let's talk about this little bitch. Ooh, hello. Oh, Mieka. Oh. In the in the jar. <laughs> oh, Casey, Ooh, you're going first this time. First. All right. Cool. Quest ideas. Okay, so, like, what did I say? CR3. I think you could come across this in any bizarre scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't need a lair or catacombs or cemetery or something like that. The book does not describe how it would regain a body, so perhaps you also meet a creature who used to be a brain in a jar, mm-hmm. and it would probably <laughs> happily tell you. <laughs> like, so, let me tell you what I've been through. Let right? me tell you a thing or two. So how it came to be could be from some just bizarre story that you want to spin your campaign to. Mm-hmm. You can go necromancy, you can go mad scientist, you can go like wild artificer that just went off the rails and you know lost their lost a loved one and was like i refuse to believe that you are gone and puts their brain in a jar and makes them into this monster yeah um and then maybe is successful and they're walking around with their partner who's just this random body that they put their their loved one's brain in and so, yeah. It's interesting. That's what I thought. I like of. that. Mm. <laughs> it's interesting. The morbid, dark. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to go full Wizard of Oz with this one. So, <laughs> what I was thinking is that this is a very famous, like, wizard, necromancer, scientist that put their brain in a jar. Mm-hmm. But it will not just accept any body to take over it. Mm-hmm. Or, like, to put itself into. So there's people that will travel from all over the world just to sacrifice themselves to be the body that the scientist takes over. Oh, my But it's wow, super picky. Yeah. And it's, so it's, a, it's in this town. These things worship this thing. It has followers. Whole nine yards. It's protecting this town. It is, like, the most important object this town has. And people come from all over to visit this town just to see this head in a jar <laughs> and hopefully be chosen as it's like betrothed for the body right and then your group shows up in this town and it wants your whatever cleric wizard or yeah. whatever magical like, creature you, I have been waiting for you for thousands my years. whole life <laughs> right like and again that'd be so cool what about you Mika? um I'm thinking like the party comes across this um this brain in a jar, just like normal exploring situations, adventuring situations. Like in the basement of someone's house yeah. or something, yeah. <laughs> and like this thing, like it manipulates them to just take them like take it with them on their adventures and just <laughs> takes advantage of them almost, like makes them do things that they don't really want to do until like someone's like, Why are we listening to this brain? <laughs> Incredible sob story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we will help you get on your quest. It's really just <laughs> taking over your brain slowly. Yeah. Like, Damn it. <laughs> We've been had. Yeah. Uh, all right, body horror. Casey. So this is a brain that's floating in preservation goo. 
So what's kind of hilarious, it, it can't necessarily move itself in terms mm. of speed, but it can slosh around in the jar. It can splash like a Magikarp. You know? Yes. <laughs> and so it can turn itself to like face different directions and it can even bang up against the jar side. Ugh. So <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> you can also decide how the jar looks. So to spin it to fit your campaign, you could have it have like metal shards that are wrapping around the top, the top and bottom. You could use some sort of refined wood if it's like a forestry, foresty typed campaign. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, you've got this this thing. So if you, you know, go on some rough roads, this thing's going to slosh around. <laughs> Excuse me. Pardon me. Coming through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I would just love that there'd be an open jar at the top. So there's just a smell. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> like, just not a great look for anybody involved. Just absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Like, because, like, there's not a whole heck of a lot you can do with the body in the jar, because, again, it's preserved. Like, it's not like it's going to be falling apart or skin falling away like we have been with a lot of undead. Mm -hmm. It can be young and hot. You know, yeah. we can daddy, we can daddy, we can daddy We're the head in the jar. Braid in a jar. Oh, you know me. what? You never know. We went there with man in a jar. We did because I'm going through. I'm going for full head in a jar, not yeah. just the brain in the jar. Like the full face. Like I see, I see. Because okay. you said I could talk, right? So imagine the full, like full, just the head of a man in this jar. <laughs> like, like you can see his brain. Like maybe the top of his head is just. Not there. Yeah, man, like, like, yeah, like, take the scalp off and it's just the brain pulsing, but you still get, like, the daddy face. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, my God. Still get daddy. Still get daddy. <laughs> what about you, Mia? Two of you are so fucked. <laughs> you are fucked. <laughs> I'm sticking with that. Body horror, the, the daddy face with the, with the brain pulsing. And, like, I need, I need a new body. Take me to where I need to go. My body, Adi. That's what you're going to be picky about what kind of body you want. She's like, mm, I'm young and hot. You are not. I'm not taking yeah. whatever that is. I don't know what you're trying to do, but I don't want that. Right. <laughs> whatever this is, I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, role play and exploration. Casey. Yeah, well, I think we've talked about it enough. It's just going to talk. It is yeah. going to yeah. convince you and talk to you and yeah, it will convince you to pick any body. Any body you want, baby. <laughs> See, what have you done to me? Uh, this is a slow corruption. You're, you're okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it would seek you out using its detect sentience. So that would be the exploration. Like yeah. it would have, it would, it would sense you far away and it would use that. It yep. would find intelligence creatures. So the exploration cues are, um, like, it's trying to find you before it can see you. So yep. it will not, it will talk to those intelligent creatures in your party. So yeah. that's where I think the exploration Yeah, your barbarian's not going to hear it, but it's going to be, like, your wizards and your, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Exactly. For sure. Um, I, again, like, I feel like if you're going to be a, a DM one of these and have one of these in your campaign, you have to be willing to talk. So like you said, like, yes, yeah. it talks, but like, that's my, my, my tip for you as a DM. It's going to talk. Yeah. It's what they're built to do. They're going to have a conversation. So if you want to prep for a campaign where you're going to be playing one of these, have a few talking points, know what its motivations are, consider what kind of body it's looking for, all those pieces, right? Know what languages it speaks. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you can even roll on a table just so you're not, like, cheating so you know you're speaking your players' languages, like that right. whole line yards, right? Yeah. So, 
I don't know. I feel like there's a good balance between DMs. I, I don't know this is a bit of a tangent, but a good balance between DMs building this character without knowing what their, like, players have at their advantage, right? Like, to my point of, like, suddenly it can speak giant because it has a giant history. That's cool. Maybe not everybody at your table has giant, but there might be that one character yeah. does. But you as a DM don't have to necessarily play to that aspect. It could be that it just speaks random languages at you. Yeah. So, but don't be scared to talk. That's all I gotta say. What about you, Mieka? Um... <clears throat> I'm gonna say, dig into your arrogant side. Like, <laughs> like that's what this thing calls for. It's gonna be arrogant. It's gonna be, it's holier than thou. Full of itself. Of, yeah, situation. And um, for the exploration and clues side, like, if it knows you're coming from, like, miles and miles away, it's gonna, like, start piecing together its story to convince you to, like, I need your help with this, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. That's fair. All right, last but not least, combat ideas and thoughts. Yeah, I like how you guys talked about it potentially having a following and protectors. Yes. Because, yes, it is not going to try to get up to you. It will likely stay away, and it will want to get away from, like, a larger group that potentially could put it at risk. Yeah. Um... So I can just see it, you know, sitting up somewhere and just, like, directing these guards <laughs> to attack <laughs> while it just sits there yeah. and does its mindfuck stuff. Yeah. Um, and maybe even select, like, the body it likes the most. It's like, oh, <laughs> go after that one. Yes. We want we want this one. <laughs> Capture that one. Yeah. yeah. That's what's going to be. Non-lethal. Yeah. Protect the face. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? Like... <laughs> But yeah, it's, yes. it is not gonna roll up there like like other ones we've talked about. Yeah, it's gonna let everything else do its work. I just want to mm-hmm. see it on a cart with someone pulling it around. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like that some beautiful throne, some <laughs> like like lesser giant. Yes, yeah. just been assigned to carry it around. Yeah, yeah. at at a at a tall level so that it looks tall. Yes, maybe it lived a life being tall. Now that it's in a jar, it hates being short. So it, it, it like employed a giant to carry it around, so that it just like is super tall. Yeah, yeah. I no, I agree. That. But like as the combat part, like I do also feel like as a DM, you kind of have to plan this out because if you are going to go the disciples route, that it has people that follows it, they would be rolling at the same initiative because they're being controlled. So right, either they're going to be yeah. compelled to do something on its turn that's very like, very simple and very specific. But then you can only control one to do something different during your turn. So you kind of have to plan that out as a DM when you go into combat with it having a bunch of controlled disciples. Yeah. And what that's actually going to look like and how to make that fair for your group of people. Yeah. Like for your players, right? Yeah. And I guess um, unless it has charmed or convinced those those guards, they it's not actually mind control. It's just that they have been convinced wholeheartedly. To protect to, it. Yeah. Right. So they're going to be very simplistic actions, unless it's, like, put into immediate danger, right? Yeah. yeah. So, hey, Mieka, any final thoughts? No, like, going off of what you were saying, it's giving, like, cult-ish. Cult vibes. Yeah. 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 Totally. So you're going to have, like, all these, um, just all these beings that are just willing to fight for it. Yeah. Because of what it, what it has promised once it finds that body. 100%. So. Good old head in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to talk about a couple of other random body parts that can exist within your campaigns. Um, you, we, I know, like how you laughed at stomping feet, but that's what we're going to talk about. So this you can find within the Acquisitions Incorporated, uh, and you can come. Ac- it's called the Stomping Foot. Uh, this is the f- by far the more gross brethren of what's called the Crawling Hand. Editor's note: 
Megan means to say crawling claw, not crawling hand. Uh, she's going to say crawling hand repeatedly in the next section. And I think it's just because she's excited to talk about feet. I'm just going to assume that anyway. Uh, which has been covered in previous mob mentality episodes. So if you want to hear about the crawling hand, you can go back there. But we'll talk about it a little bit. Because since the stomping foot is basically that, um, with just a few changes, we're going to review what the crawling hand is first. Okay. So the crawling hand is a tiny undead creature, has a small AC of 12, uh, is only has two hit points and a speed of 20. <laughs> but also has a climbing speed of 20, so that's fucked up. Um, they are immune to poison, charmed, exhaustion, and, and being poisoned. They have blind sight of up to 120 feet, same kind of thing, and have a passive perception of 10 as a fucking hand. Let me just put that there. Um, it understands common, but of course cannot speak, and is a CR of zero. <laughs> the, the only cool things to note is that they are immune to turn undead, so basically, fuck you, clerics. Um, and its claw attack can hit with a whopping three bludgeoning or slashing damage. Your choice. You think about it, you're slapping something or you're scratching it with your hand, if that makes yeah. Yeah. So the foot has a weird history. Basically, a murderer was killing folks and sacrificing their feet to a hidden altar for something for a hidden altar that's called That Which Endures. So if the adventurers come across this room of sacrificed feet. <laughs> Alright. No. Oh this is how you get the undead stomping foot. Um, the, all they have is added abilities is it changes their speed from 20 to 30 and they no longer have a climbing speed, uh, which checks out. It's a fucking foot. Yeah. Um, and then their claw attack is no longer scratching. It is only bludgeoning damage. It can kick you. It'll kick you. <laughs> It'll stomp at you. But it can't scratch you no. with its toenails. <laughs> no. No. Okay. It's got well-kept toenails. Because from what we've learned, oh undead toenails and hair don't grow. Yeah. We've right. learned that. Yeah. Yeah. In our world, it does, though. So this bitch has long toenails, so... <laughs> Um, all right, the next one I'm going to talk about is what's called, uh, the Boneless, which is one that you can find in the Van Richten's Guide, which we've been talking about a lot today, but in my opinion is visually the worst one. So basically these are creatures or folks that have died from terrible means such as being skinned, being crushed, or then, and then are raised, so they either slither and flop around. <laughs> uh, they say that they can be seen squeezing through cracks in walls. And just being an all-around grotesque horror blob. So, like, this is kind of like your, like, humanoid version of a gelatinous cube. Oh, it just no. schleps and schlops everywhere. And I don't like that. Moves thing. around, <laughs> crawls into small spaces, and it's just creepy as fuck. Stat-wise, they are a medium-sized undead creature with an AC of 12 and a speed up to 30. They are average in physical stats, but are way below average in intelligence and charisma. Uh, making them a CR1. So not overly as frightening as fighting a gelatinous cube. I just think in the body horror sense, it's kind of gross. Yeah. Um, so basically, as mentioned about them being able to squeeze into those small cracks, this is actually an ability called compression. Uh, basically, it means that they can go through openings that are only one inch wide, as well as fit into a space that also a tiny creature can fit into. Uh, for attacks, that is multi-attack that deals bludgeoning damage. Um, but the scary part is if it hits the same, if it hits the same creature with, sorry, it's a multi-attack that deals bludgeoning damage. If it hits the same creature with both attacks, that creature is now grappled. So this isn't an opposed strength check or anything like that to do a grapple. If it hits you with one blob hand and hits you with the other blob hand, you are now grappled. But its grapple is called crushing embrace. This is Megan's nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> when a creature is grappled in this way, it is blind and it cannot breathe. So fuck you spellcasters. Wow. Oh, God. Yeah. That's so, rough. Yeah. 
Um, at the start of the grappler's turn, the creature can make a DC 13 strength uh, save not to take crushing damage. So at the beginning of each turn, you're taking, you're being slowly crushed to death. But you can continue to do a DC 13 strength save to escape. But basically it is suffocating you and crushing you to death within the tendrils and sinews of its body. Right? Yeah. So it's not as, like, mechanically frightening as, like, the other ones with all their, like, psychic capabilities, telepathy abilities, like, all that weird shit. It is just a suck that wants to drown you within its suck. Ugh, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, enjoy that. And it can come out of nowhere. Right? Mm -hmm. Two. Okay. Wow. (sighs) But yeah, so that is the stomping foot. uh, And that is the, the boneless. Let's raise some dice for one of our last conversations today. Oh, oh, so Mieka gets to go first with a 20. Right. Um, I'm going to go second with a 12, and Casey got a 1, so fuck you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, Alright, so when would you include these in a campaign, do you think? Okay, so like with the foot and the fucking... Uh, <laughs> with the hand. foot? Never. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come back to that one in a minute, but... Um, I don't know. I have no respect for those things. (laughs) I see them as just, like, sidekicks of some, like, bad guy or something. Like, the party walks in to meet this guy or something, and, like, you just see, like, the hand. It's giving Wednesday um, the thing. Thing. Wednesday Adams thing Mm -hmm. vibes. Yeah. And so they're just, like, weird little sidekicks, honestly. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, I I agree with you. I feel like it would be, like, a sidekick of, Mm -hmm. of whoever the big bad evil guy is. But just in foot form. Yeah. <laughs> like foot fetish grossness, you know what I mean? Right. So creepy. But when it comes to like the weird like um uh fucking bag of bones, I just would I would not use one. No, <laughs> this is too far. It's too far for me. Yeah. I just like and uh, there's not a lot in this world that's that's too grotesque for my tastes, but that is. And it takes the shape of like a human, right? It can, like, yeah. yeah. Well, because it is like if it was a humanoid that died in the way that it did and was raised as a boneless, it is just mm-hmm. a, a sack of skin. Like in human gelatinous yeah. form, it is a lot like like the blob, yeah, like the yeah. old movie, old movie, the blob, like yeah. disgusting, yeah. What that about you, Casey? No, just yeah, get green, gross. I imagine the stomping foot or even the crawling hand thing. Um, yeah, it's kind of insignificant as a singular, but imagine a moving floor of foot creatures. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> where like you're going into some we're 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 on the theme of like mad scientists like crazy person making all this shit today. Um, yeah. <laughs> so imagine you're going into its lair and it is replacing feet on the bodies with something else, but then it doesn't want to just like cut the foot off and let it go, and that's it's it. preserving the feet somewhere. So it's <laughs> it's cre- mm. it's reanimating them and throwing them into like a. A like pit of some kind as a trap. Ugh. <laughs> a foot trap, shall we say? Yeah. yeah. And so, if you fall in there, you are then swarmed by feet. dozens or hundreds mm. of animated feet yeah. that are going to stomp you to potentially death if you want. Uh, so that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and the boneless. I. It's so creepy. You could do so much gore and creepiness with it that I think you do maybe have to be more selective on when you throw it in your campaign. Because, like, my stomach is turning imagining it. I don't know why. You did such a good descriptor of that (laughs) that I was like, this is fun. I don't want it anymore. (laughs) Yep. 
Uh, what's the most horrifying detail you would lean into for these, Mieka? I mean, like, I, guess, I think we already talked about it. Gross. Absolutely yeah. gross. It's feet and body parts. Mm-hmm. I don't, there's, there's yeah, no good way to describe them. We don't want to find them. the foot under our pillow, right. especially if it's animated. This is what I thought of for that, um, for the, um, the boneless. Yeah. All right. So have y'all seen the movie It Follows? Yes, I have. Yes. You know that one part with like the big tall guy that's like looking. I think he was looking through the window or yeah. through the door before he go, like ducks in. underneath yeah. it. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I picture this thing looking like. Oh, I it's hate like, that. It's like just staring at you and it's like going to just come after you. Yeah, and like and like yeah. but like your door is like it's almost like you're okay. Imagine like you're in a jail and you like close like a like a jail cell door, mm-hmm. but it just like ducks down and like like uh, slicks its uh, way no. through the bars cuz yeah. it can go through the bars. Mm-hmm. I'm disturbed. I'm, I'm absolutely yeah. disturbed. Um, I also like the idea, again, we've talked about this before with Undead, that uh, recognizing features. So this was a, so again, it's p- things that have died in horrifying ways. What dies in a more horrifying way than a PC? Yeah. Like it has like the remnants of like Aww. the, like a tattoo that your cleric had for its god or something like that on it, right? Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. I think that'd be good to yeah. to go for. Pull at the, the heart The heart strings. You know I love pulling at the heart strings. Yeah. Yeah, well, you guys went full, like, trauma in two different directions. I don't think I can top that. (laughs) You went full trauma today. This leaned right into it. Not even half trauma. (laughs) This is full trauma. Poor trauma and past trauma mixed together. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that. So, on a scale of one to ten popped stitches, how would you rank these reanimated body parts as a part of the undead landscape in D&D 5th edition? So, first, the Dullahan. Dullahan, I would say it's it's cool. So, I'd mm-hmm. put that right up there with, like, I, w- I would give it a solid ten for story about, for storyline. Whoa. Not out of, like, fear or frighteningness, but, like, just out of a, the ability to build a campaign around it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 It's very buildable. <sighs> yeah. And it's got so much foreshadowing ability. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, I agree. It's like, have I ever rated something a ten? I think I have. I have. Been We've got like nine, now. nine and a half sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. It's like up there, eight yeah. nine. There you go. For me. Okay. What about you, Mako? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna agree with like the eight nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Good storytelling. We like it. Yep. Pop off. All right. Next, Death's Head. Boring. (laughs) Yeah, bore me. I'd give it like a three or a four. Yeah, it's like in the range of. It's um, really cool, Mm -hmm. but it's so specific. It would be very rare that I would use it. Therefore, it is lower on my range. Yeah, it it would be kind of an add on. Like you could potentially use it as well. Say there's some sort of like bigger combat going on, and it's moving too fast. As a DM, it's like, oh, they're going to be done this in like two minutes. Pop in some death head. Just pop it all up. Just pop it in there. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna scooch that in there. Yeah. I would use them to be annoying. <laughs> you know what? That checks out for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would throw those in just to be annoying. It's like, oh, that's what's coming in. Yeah, it's like, but wait, there's more. Yeah. <laughs> this is perfect you guys. Thing. Yeah. The neck record, one to ten. Well, I'd give it like a six or a seven. Not overly interested in it, but it has a lot of really cool abilities that are fun to use against your party. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's probably a solid eight for yeah. me because uh, you could use it multiple times potentially, yeah. depending on how your how much your party thinks about it. The lifelong campaign is just always going to be yeah. there, kind the of thing. The slow burn, yeah. potentially. So that's the warning cool. sign, yeah. yeah. It's a nine for me. It's 
it's just really creepy. Something that can leave a piece of itself inside of you and then just like like goes away and something happens to it, it can just regenerate. Uh, yeah. Guys, hear me out. Boneless neck record. Oh. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> no. All right, brain in a jar. What does it say? <laughs> <laughs> ah, I give it. A, I give it a nine for being annoying as fuck. Yeah. And I would love to DM one. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm basing this one off because there's nothing really frightening uh-huh. in this to me. I would love to DM a brain in a jar. Yeah, I want to build that cult around this one swat. This one like twat waffle that's just running shit. Yeah, like they're funny. I'm five. Well, I'm not scared of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to see where this goes. Yeah. yeah. I'm around there, too. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the kind of somewhat not as horrific spin that you could, that we talked about. That was yeah. entertaining. I like it. It's fair. Alright, stomping foot. Zero. Never using it. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I wanna, uh, I'm sorry. I want to know who sat down at the big old D&D book table and said, um, can we have a room filled with feet? This was, this was Acquisitions Incorporated. This is oh, people okay. like us. Oh, like, <laughs> oh well, then that makes even worse. Inclusivity. It's like, well, we have hands that do this, so. Why not feet? <laughs> let's just like, make some And let's make it weird. Let's yeah. make it so that its actual backstory is that someone had a foot fetish. Yeah. Like, that is what brought us here. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Zero. Boneless. Uh, solid 10 for me. These yeah. ones scare the shit out of me. Like, again, <laughs> easy to kill, but the body horror that comes with them, the fact mm-hmm. that it's gonna have a tragic backstory of its own that you'll probably never know. Yeah. There's just a lot as a DM that, again, I would, these are dope. <laughs> yeah, 10. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Gross! Like yeah. So, just in par with the Dullahan, hey? Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think they are. I would, I would give them an 8 or 9. Yeah. They're pretty great. All gross things, though, today so led to gross, our conversations yeah. <laughs> here on the Undead so Podcast. Squelching and icker and squelching, icker, oozing, schlopping, mm-hmm. schleffing, yeah. mm-hmm. squeezing, <laughs> feet. <laughs> All right, but now it's time to close the crypt on this part of our conversation on Undead and D anD D Fifth Edition. Stay tuned next month when we rise up to haunt you again with even more terrors from beyond the grave, including the boniest of the bad boys, skeletons. Thanks for listening to this episode of the It's a Minute podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com, as well as a Patreon. If you'd like to discuss what you've heard here today, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and at r slash itsamimic. For other episodes on other kinds of monsters, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. Disgusting. Yeah, honestly, <sighs> Gregory. Going back to Gregory. Gregory came up with that with those feet issues. Gregory came yeah, up with those feet issues. Yeah, the feet, the little feet things, the stomping foot. That's what I meant. Just gonna tell you. We're coming at the foot fetish people on the internet right now. And yeah, I'm really sorry. Sorry. About it. Yeah, yeah, sorry, but.
Sorry. Trauma <laughs> okay. Adam, how do you use Where is your fucking mouse? You can't find it on the five. You know what the greatest, seven, you know what the greatest thing about Mac is? If you shake your mouse, the cursor gets bigger so you can find it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, can I get this? Oh, there it is. Okay, I found it using the laptop itself. Fuck you, mouse. <laughs> but we still like you, Adam. We still. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, are we ready? Do we need to do a... I feel like I need to do a shot or something. This is called being an alcoholic. <laughs> I could use a shot to you like, wanna... clear my... Do you want to do a shot? Go right ahead. Let's are we go right We okay. are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. Trust me. Okay. It'll be fine. Just whatever. Like, what? you know, whatever. Oh, the... Um... My tummy. No... I can't. I can't have fun today. <laughs> I can't risk it. I can't. It was a time. I didn't even go to work today. Like, no. I, yeah, I told my boss Shoot. I need to lay down. Something. Yeah, that's <laughs> trying bad. to get out of my system. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I need water. Will be good. But mm-hmm. I need like a. Woo. Okay. <laughs> a little something. A little something spicy. Yeah. Okay. This <laughs> mugs for me. <laughs> In mug. It's just a shot worth. Don't smell it. Just chug it back. Okay. Okay, ready? Yeah. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was the rest of the cognac. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. All right, welcome to another... I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that would be so great. <laughs> That's kind of how the Giants episodes go. <laughs> That's what I needed. Is that what you needed? Okay. We'll, see go, we'll go with that. See him? See him? I'm, I'm good at predicting what folks need sometimes. You can take take out one of those toys and you can... Oh, the internet's going to hate you for calling those toys. <laughs> that is an action figure. <laughs> no, don't put that in there. It's just a bobblehead. No one cares. Just move it out of the way. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to give Adam, like, a solid amount of silence so he knows when the actual episode starts, okay? <laughs> yeah. There we go.